Hello, and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. It's been a week that included a milestone, a week where I found myself uh, a neutral amongst a crowd of people with definite opinions, and it was interesting to see how that felt, and a week where I found myself getting annoyed about politics again. Anyway, all this after the guitar. Monday. I don't like the dentist. That doesn't make me anything unique. There's lots of people who don't like the dentist. Um, I just find it a really uncomfortable experience. I've never been particularly good with um, the dentist. I think it stems back to when I was a child and we had a dentist um, who was just a, some kind of weird kind of fascist bloke that enjoyed the pain of, 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 of other people. And he was really quite horrible and he was barely and he was really horrible to us when we were kids so you know at the point in your life where you needed somebody to say no dentistry's fine it's not a problem you know it's it's all all right we had this this guy that um you know was was some kind of nazi torturer um so ever since then i've not really really liked it and i've developed a bit of a phobia with it so i had a had a dental appointment scheduled in for for this Friday, um, and and I don't do this very often, but I just made the decision. I just don't want. To, I don't. I'm not up for it this week. I just don't fancy it this week. I don't want to do a dental appointment on Friday. I'm going to cancel it. So I rang and I cancelled, um, and because I thought obviously you know you do the right thing. You want to make sure somebody else can use the appointment, and said, well look, when's the next available appointment? I made up some excuse about not been available at work or something and kind of ironic actually and um and and they they said no problem we can schedule you in it's not for a couple of weeks is that okay and I said yeah that's fine and they gave me a date of March the 20th um and then this is where it comes to bite you a little because March the 20th is my birthday so having woken up and not really fancied the appointment this week, I didn't really feel in a position to turn one down so far in advance. So I've now got a dental appointment on my birthday. Um, I don't quite know how that's going to work. I've never done it before. Um, now, the only the only thing that is kind of okay with this is that I don't really do or like my birthday either. Um, I, I, I've never really understood the concept of a day. I don't, as you'll probably guess from last week's um last week's podcast i i don't actually like being the center of of attention um so my birthday is a a a day where i don't want that that focus on me um particularly plus it's just another reminder that you're just another year closer to 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 die in any way so on two levels the, the birthday thing doesn't doesn't work does that mean i wanted a dental appointment on my birthday not really. Have I tried to be a bit smart and has it backfired? Quite probably. Tuesday. So my eldest and I uh, went to the football uh, tonight. Um, and it we're both Sheffield United season ticket holders, so we go to the football a lot. Um, and he's mad on football. Um 
but we were offered some tickets to see uh, what is our local team, which is Huddersfield Town, uh, play. They were playing Bristol. Um, and the people whose tickets they were, they couldn't make it. They said, would you, would you like them? And we both said yes. And we wrapped up ridiculously warm because it was perishing, perishingly cold. And we went to the, uh, and we went to the football. Um, and it was really interesting being at a situation like that where you were an absolute neutral. So we, yes, of course, we wanted Huddersfield to win because that's the whole town, but I'm not, and neither of us were, you know, emotionally invested in, in either team. So, you you know, having watched a lot of football as a Sheffield United supporter, then going to a game that wasn't Sheffield United was really, really interesting in terms of how you approach the whole thing. And where it became very interesting for me was watching the referee. So I've I've done some bits of refereeing for junior football uh, and it is a thankless task. And you end up stopping. And I ended up saying this year I wasn't going to ref anymore because we got to um, under 13's age group. And apart from the fact that the game gets quicker and, and, and your ability to keep up with the game um, is, is harder, the real reason being that the the questioning of the decisions by um, the parents and by um, the people on the pitch is, is fairly horrific. So you hear a lot about how, um, you know, coaches and linesmen and referees um, are disrespected at all levels. And at, and at junior soccer, it's it's horrible. So I can only, you know, only imagine as you move up and as we move up, it will get, you know, it will continue to, 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 to get worse. Um, what was interesting about watching Huddersfield Town was that I thought the ref had a really good game. I thought that um, that he got in when you look back over the course of the game, he got ninety five percent of it right. And I think as a as a, as a referee, and you know, I think that's probably about the most you can strive for. What was interesting watching the crowd was the level of partisanship and what happens. So. You watched one foul that the Huddersfield fans thought, or one challenge that the Huddersfield fans thought was a foul, and the place went wild. And they were screaming obscenities at this guy, and he was getting all manner of abuse. Um, And then a minute later, exactly the same challenge would come in, but the other way. So committed by a Huddersfield player on a Bristol player, and nobody in the crowd at that point said, well, hang on a minute, the ref didn't call that as a foul for us, but then didn't call it as a foul against us. So actually, the ref's seeing the game relatively balanced and he's doing all the right things and he's treating both sides as equals. No, what we got was nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a, not a, not an acknowledgement of, a, of, a, of, of the fact he made a good decision. Absolutely nothing. And then we got a, a, another challenge and something went against Huddersfield and uproar. And then you carry on and then a similar situation the other way around, nothing. But over the course of the game, and this is the bit that I thought as a neutral, I I kind of in my head tottered up and got to the end and thought, you know what, he's got more right than he's got wrong and he's been really fair with both sides. And yet, even at the end, this poor guy got booed off by 12,000, 15,000, whatever it was, you know, Huddersfield fans. And yet, over the course of the game, he actually executed his responsibility in what I consider to be a very fair way. And I think when he did make a couple of mistakes, I thought they were easily made simply because of the speed of the game and what was going on. So it taught me a lot about seeing something through neutral's eyes because so rarely in life do you see anything through a neutral's eyes. 
And the number of times we get ourselves wound up on a daily basis, it's because we have a vested interest in something. But what we're not doing is we're just not being we're just not being fair. We're not being fair and we're not being balanced. And maybe, maybe if you go to something like a sporting event or something where you are the neutral for a little while and you watch the reaction of the people around you and then you make a decision based on what you've been presented with, maybe we'd all be a little bit better at having a discourse about so many things in our lives. Wednesday. It was a bit of a milestone today because um, the podcast went through a thousand listens. Um, So over the course of the, I think it's seven episodes that have gone out, um, the sort of six weeks and the introduction, um, we've, or I've, or you've collectively, um, there's been a thousand um, listens to those to those you know episodes that that volume of episodes and in the world of stratospheric podcasting then that's not anything of anything um though it does mean that this podcast is above average um because the average number of listens for a podcast um in the uk is i believe 138 uh, which is quite a precise figure. Uh, that's the figure I've been told by by three independent people. So I think it's it's not going to be far off. It's going to be somewhere around that mark. Which means that if you divide the number of listens into the number of episodes, then this podcast is above average in terms of how it's performing. I wouldn't presume to say it was above average for any other reason whatsoever. Um, however... It was a moment for me just to, um, you know, give myself a slight pat on the back, but also um, because it's been important to me and doing this has been really helpful to me and knowing that there are, you know, a number of you out there, which might be a thousand individuals or it might just be four people with some kind of addiction problem, um, listening to this is is great. So um, I guess 10,000 is the next one. I don't know how many episodes episodes you have to go out to get to 10,000. But um, but in the meantime, yeah, it was a really nice thing to happen today. Um, and, uh, and, and I just thought I'd, I'd, I thought I'd share it with you. Thursday. I've become positively addicted to foods that I never used to like. So um, I was eating anchovies today and um, for years would never have even gone anywhere near an anchovy and yet now have become quite taken by anchovies and it made me realise how many things that I didn't used to like that I now have um, a, a real fetish for. Fetish, probably not the right word, but along those lines. So olives. Olives was the first one um, that, that it took me ages with olives to just have. I would try them, and every time I would see them, I would think I really would like to like olives because they look great. And so I would have an olive and think, no, it just tastes like medicine. I don't like it. And it probably took three or four years to get a taste for olives. 
Now, I adore olives. And literally will sit and will gorge on olives at any given opportunity. Um, <clears throat> anchovies were exactly the same. Um, just just w wanted to like anchovies, but just absolutely, absolutely couldn't. Um, blue cheese. Um, a ridiculous amount of time and effort but put into liking Stilton. Um, one really wanted to like Stilton. Um, I think I wanted an excuse to drink more port if I'm being honest. Um, but Stilton always looked like... And actually, now I think about it, I don't know if there's something in this that's actually a little bit about the perception of me I'd like to put over. Because I'm now thinking that olives and Stilton, maybe not so much anchovies, um, in my head show some form of cultural sophistication or some form of foodie sophistication don't know if that's true or not but i think at some point and that might just be a product of 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 my age and my upbringing that these were things at points in time that can were considered to be quite you know culturally significant or showed a level of you know um sophistication that you would i think i've used both those words twice now that you would you know you you would aspire to so maybe that's where the whole olive thing came from. Maybe that's where the whole, you know, blue cheese thing to a certain extent came from. Though that might have been more to do with the port. Um, whiskey. Whiskey's another thing. Whiskey took ages to get a taste for whiskey. Um, and and now I've got a I've got a real taste for, um, you know, for that as well. So I don't know if it's. It, this talk. This talks to the fact that it's worth putting effort into something if you think there's going to be a long-term reward because absolutely now the payoff is great for me I, I can't live without any of those things um but it might also just talk to I guess the way your taste change or all those kind of things but I don't know I'd be interested to hear from anybody else who's who's acquired a taste for something uh, food or or beverage related that now has become a huge part of uh, of, of their enjoyment of of food or of of liquid um and and it, and if they chime with the things that you know i struggled with but overcame um you know to um to to be able to enjoy friday I said in the introduction that i was going to get a bit annoyed um or i found myself getting a bit annoyed about politics this week and I could have spoken about this on any day, but I've left it. Um, I've left it for today, um, though it's been buzzing around and through my head um, most of the week. Um, I'm not getting particularly upset about any situation as such. More an accountability um, issue or an, an accountability idea at the moment that's kind of winding me up a little bit. Um, we've seen this week. Uh, the start of the jousting around the trade talks with regard to Brexit. Now, I'm, I've, you know, I've said before, I'm I'm a I'm a Remainer with regard to Brexit, um, and I think this is a I think this is a ridiculous act of self harm, and I and I can't understand how we're in a situation where we are clearly going to be poorer and worse off for what, as far as I can see, is no realistic. Benefit, and I'm quite happy to have the discussion with somebody about this. Um, but uh, I need more than somebody saying, "Well, we'll take back control," because 
That's not an argument. That's a soundbite. Um, so I of the things that have floated around my head about where we've found ourselves, and I've, and I've got no issue with the um, the result of the election. Um, it didn't necessarily go the way I wanted it to go, though I don't know which way I would have wanted it to go because I, I don't think that you know the Labour alternative was 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 any better. Oh, it probably was better, but it's still questionable, and, and, and it wasn't something I was I was bought into either. Um, so this isn't this isn't because I've got a problem with the election result. This is because I felt that the one thing we had in the previous government, whether you you class that government to be broken or not, was that government had to be accountable um, because everything was so tight. There was no majority. And so when everything went through, yes, there was lots of drama. And yes, it became very difficult for things to be done. But then if you look at what was trying to be done, which was which was implementing the result of a referendum that was remarkably close, then it should have been difficult because if it had been 75% in favour of one or two of the options in the referendum, then it would have been plain sailing because three quarters of the people who would have voted would have agreed. And the fact of the matter is we were split down the middle as far as a country is concerned. And I don't think that the argument in terms of what leave actually meant was properly expressed. So here's where I start getting annoyed. I've been getting annoyed about the fact that we were promised a report on Russian interference in the referendum in the last election. And that report, which apparently before we had the general election in December, didn't say anything and didn't show anything. And it was only routine that it hadn't been released, but there was nothing to see here because when it came out, it was going to be absolutely fine. Well, that report's still not out. So what is in that report that people don't want you or me to see. And because of that, I was, had got myself quite wound up about this. So I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity for us to use the democratic options that are at our disposal. One of those is the ability to start a petition. So I was minded to start a petition um, to say, right, okay, you know, the government should be forced to debate and then to release this report. Not because of any other reason than it's been done, it's been written, it says something, we have a right to see it. So um, I um, went to the page to start the petition and I found that there was nothing there. Um, and the message on the um, website basically said that due to the recent general election, the petitions committee hadn't been appointed yet, so therefore it's not actually possible at this point in time to start a petition. That's fine, other than we're way past two months past that general election. So we've lost two months of our ability to petition our government and ask them a question. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a problem. Because the one thing we should be is we should be asking our government to be accountable to us for the things that it says it will do. I'm not interested in asking questions about semantics. I'm interested in holding people to account for the things that they say they will do when they are looking for your support and your vote. And where I then found myself getting really annoyed about what will be the political spectrum for the coming 
weeks, months, is that very, very important decisions are going to be taken that are going to affect the lives of my kids. And my kids are 7 and 12. Um, and at the moment in time, I don't think that there is any accountability there. People are now changing facts and changing stories as they see fit. The NHS won't get £350 million a week when we leave the EU. We won't. There isn't a Brexit bonus. There isn't a Brexit dividend. The Brexit is going to cost this country lots of money. And yet it seems now that the same politicians that were promising things before the referendum are now saying, oh, no, that was never the case. It was always going to be like this. Farmers found out this week that they're 20, they are going to be losing their subsidies. They are going to be 20, 20 to 25% worse off. And yet the farmers were one of the groups that were always going to win in this scenario. So I apologise, this does sound like a Brexit rant. It isn't. This is an accountability rant. This is people, government, the people who promise you things should not be allowed to change story midstream, should not be allowed to say, look over there, there's something different we should be getting annoyed about. And they should be standing up and answering all those points where they suddenly change the narrative spectacularly. Whew, right, rant over. Thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, not a downer, um, you know, not a downer to end the week on, just a a call for, you know, for, for us to get more engaged with this process because it does affect all of us. Um, apologies that I've been a little bit nasal this week. I've had a bit of a head cold, so apology, apologies for, you know, for that. Um... Uh, hopefully it'll be a little a little better next week um but but in the meantime have a great weekend uh, and i'll look forward to talking to you all next week if you've enjoyed therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production